be in Philippians chapter two today, um, page 570, if you're using one of our blue Bibles. Uh, my name's Joshua, I'm the pastor here at Ruby. If you're new here, I hope you found yourself feeling welcome um, and at home, and if you've been coming, keep coming, you know what I'm saying, we love it. So, um, so glad you guys are here this morning. Um, before we get into teaching for today, just wanted to remind you uh, that next week we are celebrating Jared Evers. It's gonna be his last week leading worship. Uh, from the front. We talked about this last week. It's, it's all very healthy and good. Uh, he, he is a, a dad, a husband, and works full-time outside of leading worship. And so he just sensed that for him in this season with his family, it's best for him to transition out of that role. And uh, we don't want to let him go quietly, all right? Uh, we we want to uh, have a big celebration. So if you're normally an 11 a.m.er, go ahead and put it in your calendar. Come next week at like 10.20, 10.15 even, if you're really eager. And uh, bring a letter of encouragement. If Jared has blessed your life, like bring a letter. We want to just like, just soak him in encouragement and excitement and just going, we love you. We thank you. We're going to have a brunch I'm assuming it's gonna be really cute and sweet. It's gonna be awesome. So if you like brunch, come. But if you love Jared, come with a letter, all right? We want letters of encouragement, all right. So uh, we, we started a new series last week called For the City. Anybody remember that? It was last week. I was there, you were there, all right. Uh, For the City, and, and the idea, the heart behind this, this conversation is that the church would get back to its roots, that, that God's primary plan for reaching the world displaying his goodness would be through the people that follow him, the church, the body of Christ. Like that's what the church is called, which is actually really powerful if you think about it, that that the church, that when people of God come together, they are the body of Jesus. And we talked last week about how, man, it's so easy to find ourselves in a church culture that, that takes the blessings of heaven and just bear hugs them and holds on to them as tight as they can. But Jesus says like, no, when, when a blessing comes to you, it's so the blessing might move through you. That, that when you're in a city, you're not just in a city siloed off in your little close small groups, like having fun with yourselves, but no, like you're meant to be a blessing to the city. And way back in the Dizay, you know what I'm saying? Like the book of Acts, nope, do not hold that against me. That was an accident. I did not mean to say Dizay like that. Love you, forgive me. Uh, can you give me a head nods or something saying, we acknowledge you say Dizay, we forgive you. Okay, golly, all right. It's a tough, tough crowd. All right, so like way back in the book of Acts, man, like it's record of whether the city acknowledged Christianity, wanted Christianity or not, they were blessed by the church. And so this series is like, man, let's get back to our roots where we won't go quietly in the city of Nashville. Whether the people believe in Jesus or not, they're gonna know that we are here and they're gonna know it because we are blessing their socks off. Like, let's be that kind of a church in our city. And this idea is, is not something that we conjured up. This is like the principle of the word. And we see this first and foremost, like all things of God in the person of Jesus. And so we're gonna read a passage out of Philippians 2 and really like just notice the character and the miracle of how Jesus invested his life so that we could know God and then we get to be that same thing. And I think what's hitting my heart even right now um, as we were worshiping was, how like counterintuitive this is. Like on a human, like instinctive level, and also in our culture at this time and place in history, like it is so counterintuitive to consider others. You know, like when's the last time someone came to you and like put your needs above theirs? And remember how amazing that felt and like peaceful and like weird, right? Like when someone just came to you with, with no expectation and just blessed your life, like, I remember a few weeks ago, I was talking to someone and they started asking me questions and I could tell they were asking so they would listen. 
They just wanted to listen to what I had to say. And I remember that moment like going, whoa, there's something special when someone comes and just offers like kindness and love. And like, that's the, that's the hope, that's the purpose of the church that in a world, despite the culture, despite what we all feel instinctively, where we all go, hey, it's about you and your image and, and what you can do to help you to understand yourself better and so you can love you better and people can love you and understand you better so that you can receive love better. There's some good things in there, right? But I also believe we live in a culture that goes, you, 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 you. And in the end, Jesus says, if you lose your life for my sake, you find it. That's how this thing works in the upside down kingdom that is the kingdom of heaven. And as church people, as people that follow Jesus, we get to be first goers in that, that the city of Nashville would experience the blessing of people that go, actually, no, it's not about me. Like, it's not. It's about the Lord and it's about you. And we get to bring that blessing to people. But this first happened with Jesus in this powerful passage in Philippians chapter two. We're gonna read verses three through 11. That's on page 570 if you're using one of our blue Bibles, all right? Listen to these words. Let's watch the example of Jesus. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Right? Harder said, or easier said, (laughs) harder. Easier said than done, Paul. Chill out. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is powerful right here. Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or held onto, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen, amen, amen. That's insane, okay? We read this and go, of course, that's what Jesus did. He's Jesus, and we already knew this. We know that supposedly some Jesus guy came down, and we just kind of breeze past it. But I want you to consider this. Jesus, fully God, in the perfect heavenly realms, only perfection, all his praise is being saying, everything as it should be, had the actual legitimate choice to stand distant, absorbing the blessing of heaven at the expense of a broken world. That was his choice. He could have done that. And if left to my own instinctive responses, I would have done that, right? Here's a perfect place, here's a broken place. What do you wanna do? I'm gonna stay here, hopefully they can work this out, right? But Jesus, did not consider it something to be grasped, this equality with God, this like perfect heavenly realm. He didn't consider that something worth holding on to if it meant that you and I would be left in despair and brokenness and separation from God. And so he lowers himself. He comes to the world that a city would not be left to its own, but that when Jesus came into our city, we'd know it. He did not go quietly. He comes and he brings healing And the outsider who had been trained to think they have to go find God. Good luck. Hope you can figure this thing out. No, instead Jesus comes and says, I'm right here and this is who I am. This is my character. This is what I'm offering. Jesus, 
Did not consider heaven something worth holding on to, but wanted the blessing of heaven to pass through him, right? This is Matthew 6. Hey, you wanna know how to pray? Jesus says this, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, right? Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is like, look, the blessings of heaven did not meet you to stay with you. The blessings of heaven came into your midst so that the world would know what heaven is truly like, what the character of God actually is, so that people with the false conception of who God is that had this broken understanding would live in that broken understanding no more because the people of God that actually know God are living out his manifest glory and compassion and grace. They get to know who God is via the disciples of Jesus. This is the plan of God. And Jesus did this first. And let's just name how counterintuitive this is, ironically, even in church culture. It's so weird to think that like when we come here, this is not an end in of itself. It is supposed to go beyond this, but isn't church kind of weird? We, we, one, we think that this is church. We accidentally do that. And we get kind of in this weird building and it's like, even though we know we're in reality, doesn't it kind of feel like a different reality? And then you live out there and it's like, okay, back to that thing. Like, this was one thing, and then that is like another thing. Does that make sense? Like the minute I walk up those doors, even me, I'm like, okay, I can like tone the spirituality down again and just go back to normal life. But the purpose of the church is to display the blessing of heaven that we have received, that a blessing that comes to us would not stay with us, but it would go through us into our city. Jesus says, hey, there's a difference between a wise person and a foolish person. And what's interesting is both hear my words. Both the wise and the foolish, they hear my teachings. Man, the wise and the foolish can all be right in here. When we talk about the words of Jesus, we're here. We qualify as either a wise person or a fool, all right? Jesus goes, the difference is when a foolish person hears my words and they leave, not stepping into obedience, not becoming practitioners of my words. They're kind of like someone who goes, you know what? I'm gonna build a house. It's gonna be perfect. I'm gonna build it on the sand. It's gonna have a beachfront view. It's gonna be epic. Everyone's gonna look at it and go, man, whoever built that, they're doing it right. But Jesus says, the minute just a 10 mile an hour breeze just passes through their midst, that house will fall. That's what it's like to hear my words and to not obey them. That is a structure that will not stand because the wise man, that's the one who builds their house on the rock. The wise man, the one that hears my words and puts them into practice. That life, that life will withstand the storms. Does that make sense? It's easy to hear, but it's kind of hard to step into, right? In this place, man, my hope, hopefully our hope, is that we would not be the fools. That our legacy wouldn't be, man, we came here, we gathered, Sometimes the sermons were fine. Sometimes they were pretty terrible. He said words like Dizay and no one laughed and it was never funny and he tried so hard, right? Like, and sometimes it was really good and the worship was perfect and none of the mics messed up and that's great. May we not be a people that go, that was our legacy. We gathered here, this was kind of nice and then we went about our business, right? We don't want a culture of professional Bible studiers. Haven't we had enough of that? Have you had enough 
Like, haven't we just like gathered around the word and talked about it and had a good epiphany and a good story and every now and then, maybe twice a year, you cry during worship and this is just what we do. Have we had enough of being professional Bible studiers? Jesus goes, if you wanna experience life, if you wanna know why this God thing is actually real, why it will change your heart and mind and everything about you, how it can actually make you go against the currents of culture, you can't just hear my words, right? You gotta obey them. You gotta put them into practice. And here, we wanna protect this place from being a culture of professional Bible studiers. May instead, we build a culture of practitioners Enough with the legalism conversation, okay? We are not being legalistic. We've dodged that bullet, promise you. We've dodged it so hard, we don't know how to be obedient, okay? Like, we've dodged the legalism bullet, we're fine. You can obey God when you don't feel like it. That's a pretty high form of obedience, just letting you know, right, okay? Let's be a culture of practitioners. And sometimes we can sit here and we can paint this big picture. And just like right now, some people are like, yeah, this is it. This is it. And then we'll leave and we'll come back again next week to talk more theory. And so today, I wanna invite us, like in the next six minutes, into a place of participation, of practice, that we wouldn't sit here and go, man, that could be cool. That would be nice. But instead going, hey, we actually have something worth stepping into right here, right now. So a lot of you guys know, we've been partnering with this school right here in our backyard called Aiken Elementary. Does everyone know Aiken back here? Anyone know it? Raise your hand if you know about Aiken Elementary. I just wanna get a good feel. Okay, well, a lot of you are about to love what I'm about to say. Um, Aiken Elementary is a school we've been partnering with with three or four years now. And uh, we've had just, a, just a, the privilege of walking in like real deep friendship with them. Like, some of you have been here long enough to remember when we threw a block party with Aiken. Like they gave us some of their resources, we brought some of ours, and we just threw a party for our neighborhood. We've also been over there and we've helped clean up their school and paint walls. I'm sure not that great a paint job, but it was, you know, we wanted to help them and love them and hopefully they think we actually did that. Um, we've had times where we filled up their food pantry. Like we've been able to really walk with them. People like Muriel Wasby, our children's pastor, has been volunteering there every single day, pouring into kids' lives for the past like year and a half. Like, we walk in deep friendship with Aiken, and so much so that they reached out to us a few weeks ago, and they were like, hey, we have a need, and we're hoping you guys can help. Our food pantry, which helps feed all of our low-income families, um, is really running low, and we, we need your help. They, they, they called us up at the beginning of this month, which was perfect and divine, because this day of the year, the question was, how is Hillsborough Village gonna participate? How can we help our people get up, move their feet and hands and actually participate in the ways of God instead of just listen to it, right? Let's get, yeah, hands and feet. I was, I was trying to get, you know, help them see what it looked like. That's what it looks like when you walk, right? Uh, so that, that was kind of the question. And so it was so cool when Aiken Elementary called us up and said, hey, look, there's a real need. We have a food pantry. And so you know what we're gonna do today? We're gonna leave and we're gonna attempt to fill that food pantry so full that they need like 17 food pantries just to hold it, right? That's kind of the hope. And so, yeah, yeah, let's go. So that's the hope. They called us up and said, this is a need we have. And so we said, okay. We called Kroger, let their managers know, be ready. If everything goes as well as we hope it goes, you're gonna have a lot of people at your store at 11 a.m., all right? It's gonna happen, right? We called U-Haul, we got a U-Haul, we parked it at Kroger on 21st, right down the road here. As you leave today, we're gonna to hand you a grocery list. And church is not ending, church is continuing as you leave with a list of groceries. And it's up to you. Obviously, this isn't mandatory. There's no way to enforce that, right? But we are gonna invite you. Here is a way. Because in Matthew 25, Jesus says, hey, 
the end of time, I'm gonna start separating people who knew me and who didn't know me. And one of the key identifiers for people that know me is when you saw someone and they were hungry and they needed food, when you saw one of your brothers and sisters who needed food, like you fed them. And when you fed them, you did it unto me, right? And so the, the ask today is that we would hear that word and go, hey, we have family, like right, right there. I'm pointing at Aiken right now, like 100 yards that way, who has a real need. Like our family, our city has hunger, have families that if they don't get meals from the food pantry, it's kind of a question mark. Where's it gonna come from? And they've asked us, can you help? And we wanna say in a very big, all caps, Twitter kind of way, yes, we can help. And something more epic than that, if it was gonna be a tweet, but yes, right? We can help you, okay? And so we're about to leave. And if you so choose, you can go to Kroger. We're gonna give you a list and you can buy as many groceries as you want. I would invite you, whether your budget is like this tight or you're living in luxury right now, to pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Like, what are you asking of me in this moment? Is there anything you're calling me into, okay? But before we leave and go to Kroger, I want us to take communion together as a church to remember that before we ever chose to be selfless, before we ever chose to be a blessing to our city, Jesus first chose to bless us. Before we ever chose to close the distance between us and our neighborhood, Jesus first chose to close the distance between God and the world, okay? So let's stand together. You can exit towards the middle. We've got communion at the front and the back. So exit towards the middle. If you're closer to the front, come to the front. Closer to the back, go to the back. We'll take communion together. All right. Has everybody got communion? Looks good, all right. If you've already taken it, no shame, all right? Just pretend, just pretend, you take the bread, <laughs> all right? So I just invite you to hold the bread, and uh, before you take it, I just want you to remember that, man, Jesus, like, he chose to take on flesh and to become human, and I, I think sometimes I can, I can take communion, and I go straight to his death and resurrection, which is a, a great place to go to, um, but man, the first miracle of Jesus was that God chose to close a gap that he took on flesh, that he didn't stand at a distance and watch something happen, but he came and he entered into the mess. And so as we choose to enter into the world and not stand at a distance, like remember that that is first and foremost the principle of Jesus. This was his idea. And so as we take the bread, just remember that. You can take the bread. And I invite you to take the cup. And uh, before you take the cup, just remember that not only did did God not stand at a distance and he chose to close the gap, but that he lived a life that, that put others above himself, uh, that when tasked uh, or when given the decision, he chose to lay his life down for the good of others. And so that as we take a small step today, right, this is a small, a really awesome step, but a small step in going, hey, there's other peoples that have needs and I wanna like help in, in meeting those needs. That, that, that principle comes first and foremost from Jesus, that we didn't stand a chance on our own to close that gap between us and God. Like our sin, like our darkness, our se- we were separate. But Jesus, by shedding his blood, by lifting us up above himself, like gave us a way to know God. So let's take the cup and remember just that miracle of Jesus. All right, I invite you to stand. I'm gonna pray. And then if you're in, we're gonna blitz, all right? We're just gonna blitz Kroger. And we're gonna be sweet. And if someone asks, let them know what's going down. Let them know, just take your groceries to the U-Haul. Give them a list. Um, Let's go do it. Let's do it with joy and excitement. And uh, I'll see you guys there. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna get out of here. God, oh man, thank you so much for the church and 
how even today, we're gonna get a small glimpse, just a small glimpse of what can happen when the church moves together. And Father, I just pray your Holy Spirit would just fill us with joy and, uh, and understanding that this is just a small glimpse of what it looks like to just live out your ways in our city. Thank you so much for Aiken Elementary. I've talked to many teachers and counselors and the principal just about, they work so hard and like there's just real needs and sometimes they're outnumbered. The needs are outnumber the help. And God, will you help us today to just understand that we're helping out our family, that, that God, this is a real way just to love people next door. And thank you, God, for the way that they have loved us, that the way they blessed us. And thank you for the way that the students have blessed the teachers, like just how just loving they are and sweet they are. Yeah, so God, thank you for this chance. In Jesus' name, amen.